Coming up today on NHL on the Ice, Nylander signs with the Leafs. The Flyers have a new GM. Three stars of the week and much more here with Brian Yates and Alex Muska here on NHL on the Ice. And nothing's playing. <laughs> well, there goes that. Why is nothing playing? Nothing at all. Oh, now, now it wants to play. Stop. <laughs> nothing like doing a show and having it already through a money. Oh, and my switchboard decided to start playing. Not what I wanted. Enough of that nonsense. I don't know what the 
hell's going on. But welcome to NHL on the Ice. I am Brian Yates. Along with me, Alex Musket here for some NHL hockey talk. What a great start to the show today, Alex. Yeah. Is this NHL on the Ice or the local evening news? <laughs> I would like to think we're a little bit better than the local evening news, but we sure started off like the local evening news. Yeah, kind of this, kind of like the old days where you had Bill Bonds or Diana Lewis on Channel Seven saying what's coming up on the on on Seven at eleven p.m. <laughs> Bill Bonds, oh god, he likes a legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He is the Ron Burgundy of Detroit news. Uh we have uh we have three games for tonight. Uh Tampa playing at New Jersey to start off at seven o'clock. Buffalo at Nashville, Edmonton at Dallas to start the evening. Actually Tampa is playing the first of a back to back. They are in New Jersey. And then they come to Detroit tomorrow. And, and with uh, no Andre Vasilevsky. No Andre Vasilevsky is correct. Um, uh, was it Louis D- Dominguez? And I don't even know who the backup is. Gosh, I don't know if they made a call of Darren Poopa or uh, Nikolai Kabi Bulin. For the next few weeks, old school names here. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, here. Let's see who's starting tonight. Um. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. They have uh, Eddie Pasquale. Yeah, the guy used to play the OHL for the Saginaw Spirit, if I remember. Wow! Look at you. Uh, I don't know. Do you know who's going to start tonight? I don't, I don't have it up. You know what? Let me look at it right here. Well, anyway. Uh, I don't. So Tampa's at the Devils. Buffalo coming off their uh, pretty impressive streak of what, 11 in a row they won. Then they've, I believe they've lost their last two. Yeah, that team was red hot. They lost in overtime their last game. Um, I don't. This sucks not having my site up. My site's down, so I can't really pull the information I want up off of it. Um, So bear with us tonight. And then we have the Edmonton Oilers who have won three straight since Ken Hitchcock has taken over. They are playing the Dallas Stars, who have won their last two. That's a pretty good collision course. It leads to a good goaltending matchup. you got Ben Bishop against Mikko Koskinen. So we will be keeping an eye on some of those games tonight, the 7 and 8 o'clock game. Um, so... Yeah, the Lightning and Devils have just dropped a puck. Um, 
Let me see if I can get who is the Nets. Because I'm interested to see who's in net tonight because I want to see who's who will be in net tomorrow. Yeah, because I, I don't think Dominguez can, could go both games tonight. If he goes tonight, then more more likely uh, Pasquale's got to have to start tomorrow night. Right. Um. Looks like oh. Keith Kincaid is in for New Jersey. Um, Louis Domingue is in net for Tampa. So, looks like Eddie will start tomorrow. Ah. So. Kind of, it would be sort of homecoming. Go ahead. It would be kind of sort of a homecoming for him tomorrow since he did play his junior hockey in Michigan. That is correct. Up in So, those are our three games for tonight. There's a, a big slate for tomorrow, a bunch of games tomorrow. If we get time, we'll jump into that as well. But let's start off with some of the news today. Uh, let's start Well, let's start some of the news over the weekend. Your rookie of the month for November, Buffalo Sabres defense and Rasmus Dahlin. He had a goal and nine assists, 10 points in 15 games. He was a rookie of the month for November. Your three stars for November, uh, Patrick Laine, uh, Avs center Nathan McKinnon, and Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury, your three stars of November. Those are three pretty good names there, uh, well-deserved for those accolades, especially Fleury. I mean, he's really... He's really turned it around uh, with the Vegas Knights. Yeah, you know, and the Vegas Knights are, are back to being red hot again. They are what? What? What are they? What are they? I know they've won their last. They won their last five till last night. They lost two to one to Edmonton, but they've been red hot. They're creeping back into the fight of uh, back into the playoffs. Same as Edmonton. Edmonton's creeping right back in there too. Um, the 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 one guy I want to talk about is uh, Nathan McKinnon, who also has been red hot. Uh, he, so red hot, he was red hot last night. Big boys well. are rushing right and are out here right now. Into the slot, they score. It was just that fast for Nathan McKinnon, who's got his 19th goal that leads Colorado and his fifth on the power play. When you go down behind the net. And then McKinnon goes to the front. First thing is, they win the draw. That's the critical part. Boom, boom, boom. And it's in the net. Nathan McKinnon with his 19th of the year with game-winning goal last night as they shut out the Red Wings 2 to nothing. Yeah, he, he, he said he's red hot. It's, he's exactly that. His last five games, he's got five goals and five assists. So... Get the triple fives there, so he's averaging two points a game during that span. He's he's hanging in there. I mean, the thing is, he's uh, behind only Miko Rantanen for the lead in team scoring. He was quiet last night, but for for the year, he's been uh, Miko Rantanen has been uh, a nice assist man for uh, Nathan McKay. And uh, Bretton has 45 points. McKinnon has 43. 
Uh, they're one and two in the league in points. Nathan McKinnon is third in goals, two behind Patrick Lani. Uh, Mika Ratnan leads the NHL in assists with 34, two ahead of Mitch Marner. And uh, Gabrielle Lanislag is a plus 19, leads the NHL for the Avalanche. Yeah, would you say right now, I mean, people will say that Crosby and Malkin are a top one-two punch in the NHL. you got to, got to say right now it's Rantanen and McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've kind of overthrown that. Um, I mean, you could actually throw uh, Marner and Tavares in that mix, too. They've been yeah. a nice one-two punch. Um, Marner's got 38 assists. Tavares has 17 goals. Uh, this, they're a nice one to punch. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Pasternak and Bergeron. Until Bergeron got hurt. Um, Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele. But I think right now Ratnan and McKinnon are, are, are the best one-two punch in the NHL right now. Yeah, and then uh, Semyon Verilmov got the shutout last night for the Abs. He's having a pretty decent year you know, uh, for the second straight year. Uh, he's got a 9.30 save percentage. He's got a 2-2-3 goals against uh, through 18 games. He is 18 and 10 and, th- and 18 10 and five. Uh, that was his first shutout of the season last night. Through 18 games, you mean he's he's 10 and five? Yeah, five. Yeah, that's. You said 18, at 10 and five. Yeah. I'm like, whoa! They haven't played that many games yet. <laughs> yeah, you you got to give me a break there. It's Monday. It's all right. It's all right. It, yeah. yeah, wait. Obviously, we're struggling here to get the show off the ground and going here. So, or, um, or in the famous words of Joe Namath, we're struggling. Struggling. I could care less if the team is struggling. <laughs> That's <laughs> epic. Uh, I want to kiss you. So, I kiss you. That's awesome. Uh, so that's your three stars of the month. Uh, Flurry leaves the NHL with five shutouts. Wow. I tell you what, Pittsburgh uh, got rid of the wrong goalie. Looking at retrospect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, it didn't look like it, but now, absolutely, they have. Um, and then, of course, Patrick Laine. I mean, the guy's on fire. I mean, he's got 21 goals, leads the NHL in goals. Um, what can you say? I mean, Laine, Blake Wheeler's got 34 assists. Uh, Scheifele's got 16 goals. I mean, that's that's a nice three guys to have on your team right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... So looking at Liney's numbers here, when I get a, ch- a chance here, uh, I tell you, I, I mean, Heat Bear is probably one of the best fantasy team names around in the Liney of Fire. Oh, that's awesome! I like it. Yeah, hey, he's got he's got uh, the Cy Young Award numbers. He's got he's twenty one and three for twenty one goals, only three assists. For yeah, pure goal scorer. Oh yeah. I mean, they're they're saying could he? I don't know if he could keep this up. I mean, Solani had the uh, the record for seventy six goals. 
back in 92-93. I mean, it, you, you don't think it's possible for him to, to reach that, do you? I mean, I, I think that's – I don't think so. Yeah. I think in today's NHL, I mean, I mean, if you get 76 points, that's an accomplishment. But if you get 76 goals, that's a career. Yeah, I – I agree. I I don't think I don't think this is a chance for him to to get there. Yeah. It, well, he, well, he had that five goal performance against uh, the Blues back on the twenty fourth. Yeah. Um. Like I said, you know, and I I just he's just a pure goal scorer, and I think that's all he he's going to be, right? Yeah. He'd be oh. a, yeah, a pure pure sniper. Um, we had the signing of Michael. Uh, did I say Michael? Uh, oh my God! Why am I blinking? William Nylander. William Nylander. Uh, yesterday. What the hell's wrong with me today? Remind me not to do a show on Monday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, we both got used to the Mondays. Yeah. Willem Nylander signed a six-year deal, um, 6.9 a year, with this year being $10.2 million. Uh, and it was all the way down to basically right towards the end, right, right at the deadline. Um Good move by them to to get him signed at that much. I think so. I think. I mean, it's a good sign. I mean, you, you had to had to do it, or you risk losing him for the year. Um, there's still a possibility he could get traded, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to what Cal Dubis, what uh, magic he's going to pull out when. Uh, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews contracts are because they're both RFAs as of July 1st. Yeah. And it gets interesting and you, you bring that up, you bring that up. You have Mitch Marner, 21 years old, Austin Matthews, 20 years old right now. Both will be RFAs next year. And look, when we get into RFAs next year, there's a list of 15 guys Maybe a little bit more. Throw in a few more in there. At least 15 RFAs that are worthy of um, sheets. Sheets to sign, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah and and it, starts with, it starts with Matthews and Marner. Uh, the guys who will be restricted free agents. Uh, Puljarvi, who's struggling in his first little bit here with Edmonton. Um, Patrick Liney, Charlie McAvoy, Matthew Kachuk, Austin Matthews, Sebastian Ajo, Zach Reninsky, Anthony Belaver, uh, Pavel Zaka, Travis Konecki, Brock Besser, Colin White, uh, Ivan Provovalv. Kyle Connor, Brandon Car- Carlo, um, Miko Ratnan, all restricted free agents next year. That's a pretty good all-star list there. It's uh, 
it's this is probably going to be more intriguing free free agency frenzy in quite a while. I know I'm saying I'm saying it because of last year with Tavares, but it's going to be more interesting. You got a lot lot of uh, key names, a lot of high profile names. Twenty one and under are all these guys. You can throw Kevin Fiala in there. Um, let's see, Casper Kampanen, um, Andre Campy, Timo Meyer, or Timo Meyer. A uh, couple of other guys. There is a gaggle of restricted free agents next year. Um, and Toronto's going to be hurting. You have Marner and Matthews, who will command probably about $10, 11000000 right there. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't who knows able what Matthews... If they want to resign all Matthews and Marner... If they're going to, I can't see them. I can't see them holding on to Kapanen. I think he's dealt unless you deal Nylander, but I don't think so. No, nah, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, I mean, you bring him back, you got that core of those guys that we mentioned plus Tavares. Uh, they do got to take care, and we've said this on the show numerous times that. Toronto's really got to beef up on their defense. Uh, they did make a move today. Uh, Josh Labo, you know, to make work from Nylander, they traded Josh Labo uh, to the Vancouver Canucks. And in return, they got Marco Carcone, who's got six goals and 11 assists in 20 games with the Utica Comets, which is the HL affiliate for Vancouver. So he's going to go straight to the Toronto Marlies, which won't be that far away from, from Scotiabank Arena. Uh, so that's that's a start. Yeah, they had to make that move to make room for uh Nylander on under the roster. But looking into next year, I mean they were sitting I think they were sitting third lowest in the cap. And now they are I believe right in the middle of the pack on the cap now. I think they're sitting eleventh. Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. Sitting eleven. They're sitting a little bit lower than eleven. Seventeenth, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Like twenty-first. Um, they have eight point seven million right now cap space. Good news is that the rumor is that the, the cap will go up from seventy-eight million to eighty-three million next year. So that would be to their advantage. I mean, if that if that's the case, and who knows, you know, they might, you know, Dubas will have to do some wiggle room try to get all of them signed. Um, and I'm sure you remember this from the summer that Austin Matthews was. I guess he was. Uh, criticized by Mike Babcock for, you know, his play that he needed to step up. And there was rumors and you know how Toronto is, you know, especially the media market. Uh, it's everything's way out of proportion. Uh, you know, it's a possibility of Matthews going to his home state back in Arizona playing for the Coyotes, which, you know, I mean, Coyotes aren't, aren't that bad of a team. I mean, if they get him, it's going to bring more butts into the seats. Who knows? Uh, you know, I mean, Dubas, you know, Dubas is 
worked wonders. He's worked wonders back in the OHL with Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, he's done a pretty admirable job so far for the Leafs. So let's let's see. It'll be interesting to see what what it does. It's going to be Marner and Matthews watch. You know, the, with Nylander watch being over, but it's just going to be those two guys. Well, I have some Kyle Dubas for you right now. All right. All right. Take us through today the emotional <laughs> roller coaster it might have been. Not really an emotional roller coaster, Paul. I mean, we had our our process, and and we've got a great staff with with Brandon and, and Lawrence and, and and Brendan along uh, for this trip as well, and and always there to to help guide things. So it wasn't really uh, an emotional experience. I think at the end it becomes a a little bit frantic when you go right down to the deadline uh, at the very end, and and you're make, trying to just make sure everything gets in, and and you know the worst. Uh, the case scenario would have been a technical glitch that prevented this in going past the five o'clock deadline, but um, no real emotion. Just stuck to our our process and and worked together with with Lewis Gross and William uh, to to complete it just under the wire. Yeah. What was was there a point at which you thought it wasn't going to happen? Ah, uh, it's tough to say. I think we always try to remain optimistic, Damien, and and. Um, you know, have have faith that that uh, that our our offers were fair and that they were coming from a good place as well, and that in the end, um, him missing a full season uh, and having it go across five o'clock today wouldn't have been wouldn't be good for anybody, not for the team, not for William. And so you always kind of uh, maintain that faith as it gets closer to the deadline. You start to maybe doubt it a little bit, but but in the end, we're happy that it it uh, ended with him signing for sure. Were you prepared for that reality? I think so, yeah. I mean, you have to, anytime you get into something like this, especially when you come into the last day, um, you think it, it might be reality. We have, you know, is my duty to the organization and, and our group and our management group's duty to ensure that we're putting the organization in, a, in the best possible spot moving forward with, with all of our economics and all of our players. And so uh, we have to do what's right for that. And, and part of that may be situations like this one. And we, we hope to always avoid them, of course, but it's, uh, it's a realistic scenario, as we just saw. How many, how many different offers were there? How many back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lots, Kevin. I, I I haven't counted them up. We're just it was get the deal done, get everything in, get showered, and head over here for the game. So I'll let you know when we do the official count. What did you like about the deal? Like why why was it you know a reasonable deal, a fair deal in your mind? Uh, I just think that in the end we we found a way that you know we we have a, a cap situation this year which which afford us the ability to structure it the way that we did and uh, and be able to uh, be able to compromise with William on what they wanted and, and also for us in, in the in the out years uh, being at a number as we plan with, with our team for us to become a, a consistent team that that's in the hunt and contending year in and year out that we could we could certainly fit that in and have him be a part of this for for a long time especially with the others on the horizon so that was the way that we approached it and, and we didn't really stray from that where did the uh, Terry. Uh, years two through six, 6.9. You did 6.9. Did that uh, vary much from your original offer? Whenever that might. Well, be? I think every all offers vary in negotiations. From well, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the where where our offer started and where theirs started, but essentially, it uh, we worked together to to get to to that point, and we're happy with it. And I'm, I know William will be well worth that. So we're excited. What's your sense right now? Is there one of relief or satisfaction? What are you feeling? I'm I'm happy for for our team, and I'm happy for William. Um, you know, I, I wish that we were able to get this done before training camp and he was able to be a part of this. I, I think the team's record right now is a testament to the coaching staff and to the players on the group especially that they haven't really allowed this to become a distraction, even though, the, as I, and I totally understand, the questions about it have picked up uh, of late. 
uh, they've continued to stay focused. They've had a great start to the season, and I've learned a lot about the coaches and the players and their ability to do so. So I'm very thankful for them that they were able to uh, they were able to perform the way that they had, and and uh, I'm excited now to, to add William to the group because it'll only make us better. You're on the record of saying that you're going to keep the core together mm-hmm. and do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. How does it look right now with this contract about the rest of the game? I know, I know people were ready to jam that one down my throat, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll stick with it, and that's our goal. We, we want this group to be together as, as long as we can possibly keep it together, and we hope that all these guys can be career leaps, especially this young core group of players that we have. It's obviously a very exciting group and one that's excited our fans and, and our city, and that's our goal is to keep it together as long as it can roll. There was a thought that if this ever came to a train, I'm saying we're back to from your end. Mm-hmm. A young defenseman might have been coming back. Is that an area that you still need to improve here to make uh, it proper? We, when, when that stuff, I mean, that that's a natural thing in hockey, especially when a player isn't isn't there. You, people hear rumblings that his contract may be problematic, and I, I think that uh, we were never constrained. That was never our, our ambition. This was always, and I think other GMs in the league can verify it, we... We prefaced everything saying our ambition is to sign this player long term, and, and that's what we're working towards. Um, in discussions, we had lots of players that come up, not just defense, but anywhere we can improve the team, we will. Why I was just going to say this this December 1st deadline mm-hmm. is a bit different than uh, as you know in recent years. Sure. Does this process change your idea of how you're going to deal with? Barner, Matthews, and others going forward that maybe your timeline has to be a bit different? Sure. I mean, uh, we, we've had discussions with both of their camps already. I, I The way that I uh, had come into this, I know Lou had spoke with, with Lewis last last year. I don't know the exact specifics of it, but uh, we've had discussions with uh, with Judd Moldaver and Darren Ferris, and we'll continue to do that. Obviously, we want to avoid a situation where not all of our players are here at training camp. So uh, this is the furthest one of these has ever gone um, to within five minutes of the deadline. So We're making history. Yeah, well, not in the way we'd like to, but we hope to on the ice in, in time. But um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to work with those guys, and, and this is not the, the we're happy to have a solution. It's not the preferred timing of the solution. Why does it end up being so difficult? Do you think? Uh, that's probably more of a question for uh, for Lewis. I think um, you know they had their they had they were entrenched in their. Sp- well, that was about six minutes of Kyle Dubas talking about the Nylander deal and future deals. I, I kind of like Dubas. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of GM that I think even we would like the Red Wings to have. I think you know, fans would want to have a Cal Dubas as their general manager. Well, it, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'm sure the Flyers would have liked to have a guy like Kyle Dubas, but the Flyers end up with Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, for the time being, it's probably it's gonna be a short, more likely a short-term move. Um, yeah, uh, Hextall's reign, Ron Hextall's reign came to an end after four years as the GM. Uh, he's had different roles with the Flyers going back to the mid '80s, where he was their goaltender. Uh, won the, the Conn Smythe, though they didn't win the Stanley Cup in 1987 with the Oilers. Without him, they don't go to Game Seven at all. Um, uh, his reign was less than impressive. Uh, the last four, including this season, the last four years, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, the other two they did uh, this year and even 2016, they lost in the first round both times. So they needed to make a change. Uh, from what was said, 
Um, to make it short, is just pretty much there was a difference of direction. Uh, Hextall wanted to go one way, the management wanted to go the other, so Hextall had to go. So Fletcher joins the Flyers. Um, he's been GM of several clubs, including nine seasons as the GM of the Minnesota Wild. Fletcher has held senior level man managerial and advisory positions with the Devils, the Wild, the Penguins, the Ducks, and Panthers. He had advanced, has advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals three different franchises, the Panthers, Ducks, Penguins, and won the Stanley Cup with the Penguins in 2009. Uh, so he has an extensive resume. Uh, Fletcher just, what did he do? Just lose his job with the Wild last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. So right back into it here, um, 20-plus games into the uh, NHL season. How many games are they into now? 20, 25 games. 27 games. 27 games. <clears throat> yeah, this I just found out myself. What's that? I was going to say, I had just found out about this now because I was thinking going into the podcast, who's taking over for the Flyers GM? Because uh, we heard names, we heard several different names, more particularly, especially in this area that we live in, Chris Draper and Steve Eisman, which was definitely not going to happen. No, 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 not even close going to happen. I don't even know why their names were brought up. Yeah. Especially Chris Draper. I know he's a Ken Holland, but that's, I think he's a key component in the Red Wings front office. He's a person that they can't afford to lose. No, I, I think he's going to stick around. I, I'm telling you, um, well, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, the, I think it's tomorrow, the news of when Seattle will become a franchise. Uh, with Seattle becoming a franchise, hopefully as soon as tomorrow, uh, you need a GM. And the rumor that you and I have heard um, has been Ken Holland. Um, people I've talked to say Ken Holland's going to be the guy in Seattle. Yeah, I I can I see it happening. I know I've... You know, like you said, you and I have heard it for quite a while that his name's been linked with the uh, general manager position over in Seattle. Um, yeah, I mean, if that happens, it happens. I think I think we know what our plan A is going to be if he do, does the part. Uh, Stevie, oh, why? there's no doubt that our plan A, what plan A will be. Yeah. Well, and you and I have heard before, even before all this talk was happening, you and I had the same sources that if Chris Hillich was to run the Red Wings, Eisman had no interest because of his loyalty to to Mike Illich. So I think that's kind of I think that's kind of thought out a bit over time. So uh, with Eisman leaving the Lightning during the the preseason, I think it's just you know leaning up to him. You know, it's it's. It's more like it's going to happen that he's coming home. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Steve Eisenman will be the next GM after Ken Allen is gone. Yeah. At least it'll be a better 
you know, uh, Detroit superstar coming home, being the GM. I mean, the, the last time that happened, it was uh, Joe Dumars. I mean, the first few years was pretty good, but he pretty much worn out his welcome the last several years. And I don't think that's yeah, going to happen it, with Eisman. He touched everything he uh, touched turned to gold in Tampa. A Stanley Cup. That's that's about it. They had the pieces, so um, I think he's going to pick I, up where he I, left off. I think off. they still had the pieces. Yeah, they do. I mean, well, right right now like we're left. Right. You know, it's not like he left them bone dry, covers dry. He's got that team's pretty well stacked now in for the future. Yeah, yeah. He he left he left the the team in a very good spot. Um, we had our three stars of the week as well that I did not touch on. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, two goals, seven assists, nine points in four games, uh, setting a streak of consecutive games with multiple points to five. Too shy of Pavel Bira's fran- franchise record from 2000-2001. He was your third star. Aiden Hill. Goalie prospect for the Coyotes. Stopped 59 of 60 shots he faced. Recorded his first NHL shutout and left the Coyotes to a perfect week this week. He is your second star of the week. He went 3-0-0. Mark Scheifel. Shared the NHL lead with five goals and four games played. Eight points. He kept the week with back-to-back decisive markers for the Jets, overtime winner 4-3 versus the Devils on December 1st, and a shootout winner 4-3 against the Rangers on December 2nd. He is your number one star of the week. That's a pretty good list. I mean, especially Aiden Hill got his first career shutout after, what, four starts or five starts? Mm, Good question. He yeah, had four starts. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's a, that goals against is pretty sparkling. They also picked up Calvin Pickard off of waivers as well as Kemper and Retina are, are have been out with injuries. Can you imagine that goalie situation with Hill and and Picard and? And then when the other two come back, so you, they got some uh, decisions to make there on what to do. I mean, if Aiden Hill keeps going the way he's going, they the Coyotes have won three straight with a six-one decisive win over the St. Louis Blues um, on December first, and the Blues just keep free falling. Oh my God, they're three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, that's. Uh, I know Craig Berube is the interim man interim head coach, but there's there still hasn't uh hasn't uh anything happened with that position yet, huh? That yeah, it, it doesn't look good for Brube right now, does it? No. They're falling uh faster than uh like Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo just keeps falling and falling. Uh, we mentioned one trade today. There was another trade where, uh, the Anaheim Ducks traded Daniel Sprung to the Penguins for Marcus Peterson. 
Yeah, I did see that. Uh, well, Jimmy Rutherford said there not too long ago is that, that he's not done making trades. He's going to continue to make trades. Uh, he's, he's pulled the magic with a couple of them so far. I think this time, you know, I think it's going to keep going. It's going to help benefit the Pens. Uh, you know, they've traded two forwards, the Haglin and Sprung, over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, they got Pearson, and now they add a defenseman with P- Pedersen. Uh, That's been making Marcus, mistaken with Elias Pedersen. Correct. Uh, Marcus Pedersen, 27 games this season, six assists, 32 blocks, 16 hits. Uh, he's got no goals. Played 22 games with Anaheim last year. So, yeah, you know, the Penguins continue to make moves. Yeah, and, yeah, Pedersen's, I mean, Pedersen's young. He's 22. Uh, he's the second year in North America. So, he's yeah, he's got six six assists, 17 penalty minutes, and a plus four. Uh, uh, yeah, he spent the last four years in the Swedish Elite League. He was a second-round pick in 2014. Uh, so, yeah, that's Let's see what's what's gonna how it'll the trade will pull through. I mean, it could benefit both teams. I, I was surprised they traded Sprong because I, I I felt he needed a little bit more scoring help with with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy Rutherford's done. I mean, he, no, he's still, there is still time from the trade deadline. So I think he's you know he's, he's playing his cards right now. He's playing them right. So. Um, that what they do need, I mean, you know, as we've said before, Matt Murray's not right. I don't know if you're going to win with uh, Casey DeSmith and uh, Tristan Jerry, but, uh, you know, they, they do need the goaltending help. And, and if Murray keeps playing the way he's doing, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be falling further. 25 games played this season, 25 points. That puts them seventh. Um in the wild card hunt, um, it puts them fourth, I believe, in their division. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. One, three, four, five, sixth in their division. Uh, they have Carolina three points ahead, the Rangers four points ahead, the Islanders four points ahead. Um, a lot of teams to leapfrog here. Yeah, I mean, and I know we looked back a few weeks ago and saying how the Devils were near the bottom of the league. I mean, I mean, it, of course, you know, you get a three, four game winning streak. I mean, they'll be they'll be back in the picture, but you, there's still a lot of hockey to be played left, or hockey left to be played. <laughs> there is, but you know, when when does that become panic mode? When when do you start saying, "All right, guys, you know what? There's really games are starting to." Uh, you know, we're getting close there. You know, we need to start picking this up. I, I don't, I, I always hate that excuse. Oh, there's plenty of games. There's plenty of time. Well, you keep saying that and you keep saying that. And then all of a sudden, guess what? There's no time left. Yeah. You got 50 games into the season. Then what's, you know, it's like, what do you got to say for yourself now? I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> I know we've said it takes a quarter. It's what twenty games to really figure out your team. You know, if you get, I'd say another five, ten games. I think you really, really have to evaluate the team and see what what's going on, what moves you need to make, and you know, just to pull the trigger, just shake the team up. Speaking of pulling the trigger, Braden Point with a nice snipe goal. Two nothing Tampa Bay right now over the Devils. Twenty five seconds left in the first. Speaking of the Devils, they are tenth. They are last in uh, the wild card hunt. Um, they are sitting at twenty three points in their in the Metro Division. Um, they're struggling. They're three, three, and four. Their last ten. Pittsburgh three, five, and two in their last ten. Rangers four, five, and one in their last ten. Nobody's really tearing up except Washington, eight, two, eight, and two in their last ten. But man, um, Anaheim pulled off an epic comeback against Washington last night. First team ever to score to come back from a four goals deficit against a defending Stanley Cup champion team. Yeah, that I was looking at the score of that game, and then, you know, I was uh, occupied with other stuff, more particularly the Steelers, and then I came back and I'm like, oh my god, no way. oh, it's like, is this, is this a? I thought it was a different game I was watching. This, this can't happen. What the hell happened in that Steelers game? I went to bed with the game twenty-seven. What was it? Twenty-seven fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, they were up thirteen to nothing, and you know there was a couple of calls that that was horse bleep calls uh, against the Steelers, <laughs> especially the end of the you game. Can, I mean, I know this is shit, where John Ames comes in, uh, our our other friend and co-host. I mean, there was that offsides call. There was no offsides at the at, when uh, San Diego kicked that field goal, and then there was another call that was made against the Steelers. Uh, well, I guess the Chargers when the Chargers scored their touchdown. So yeah, that uh, yeah that 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 wasn't good. I wasn't too happy about it. Yeah, I went to bed. Uh, I think Keenan Allen had just scored that fluke touchdown in the end zone where it bounced all over the place, and it was twenty seven fourteen when I went to bed. And I woke up and Steelers lost. I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I was about to say. Sent Ghana a text, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's like, did you see what I just saw? You probably, you should have sent him one. He probably would have flipped yeah. out, um, which yeah. would have been funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, Anaheim could be worse. Could be a back. Fan. Yeah, disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anaheim comes back, scores four goals in the third period. They win six to five. Uh, other than that, I mean, Washington has been playing really well. Um, yeah, they've won eight of their last two, uh, ten. So I think their hang, hang, hangover's over. Columbus playing well, 6-3-1. But other than that, the Metro Division, everyone's not playing well at all. Um, over in the Atlantic, Tampa 7-3 in their last ten. Toronto back on track, 8-2-0. In their last ten, of course, we have the Sabers, who's eight one and one. Have their what was it, eleven game, ten game or eleven game, winning streak? I think it was. I think it was ten. 
10 game winning streak snapped. Um, Detroit's 5 4 and 1. Uh, tough loss last night against the Wings. I thought they played well. Um, but uh, we had a little bit of fireness um, uh, rekindle last night uh, in that game. Where do I have it? Here. Oh, and a diving play to knock it away by Matt Calvert. Green hits Calvert. Green goes down. Good hit there, though. Plenty of hits. Look out, look out. We got Spear going on. Oh, and right at the bench. Oh, and the Red Wings holding up. And Calvert in the middle of it over there. I got better off. He's bigger than anybody in this front eight. He's got a jump hold on. Have he? I can't see who it is. Yeah, Gabby. One big drink of water. I'm going to he is. And Advocate is not afraid of him at all. I mean, that is some serious business, I'm here to tell you. We're reincarnated. Are the Wings just pissed now? Back-to-back nights, they almost start two brawls. Yeah, they don't let out some frustration. But I tell you, that game last night, just for, it takes us back 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Avalanche and... Wings rekindled their rivalry last night where um, it, it cost Bertuzzi a two-game suspension. But you know what? I like Bertuzzi. He is yeah. just – he reminds me of Pat Verbeek. Yeah. Just he's, a guy he's a, he's who can a score. Yeah. Score, fight, um, get under your skin, agitate you. Um, yeah. Uh, he took no shit from Marshawn the other night. Uh, he put a good licking on Ian Cole last night. Gave him a bunch of uppercuts. Um, and then Mantha g- gets into it as well. Uh, you know, th- they weren't taking any crap. I love the Boston game. I, I thought the Boston game, uh, I think they were down 2 nothing in that game. They come back to win that game. They just yeah. didn't have it in them last night. Um, you know, I thought they played well. Um, you know, I would have liked to seen Bernay get a win against his former team, but unfortunately that didn't happen. I believe March, I want to see March 5th is their next game against Colorado, in Colorado. So we'll see if it carries over on March 5th. Yeah. Don't forget last week was uh, Tyler Bertuzzi bobblehead night. He scored two goals against the Blues. Yeah, he's a nice little guy. I mean, if he's available in any fantasy league, he's a nice little guy to throw on your team there. Oh yeah, oh, oh for sure. Uh, I, I and you might have seen him when uh, when he was in the OHL with the Guelph Storm. I mean, he, I mean he yeah. was he was a, he was a, a ball of hate. I mean that was where Ferraro was known as. I mean that's that's why I look at Tyler Bertuzzi. As I got to talk to him for a bit uh, while he was with Guelph uh, when they were making their run for the OHL championship and the Memorial Cup. I mean yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, he's just like his uncle, Uncle Todd. Yeah, just make sure he doesn't come and sneak attack anybody from behind. <laughs> uh, what else is going on here? Uh, Boston fight three and two. Um, Montreal's falling off three five and two three one loss against Montreal or San Jose on December second. 
Um, Ottawa has a three-game winning streak. They're five and five in their last ten. Eric Carlson returned to Ottawa, um, and the Sharks get their ass whooped. Yeah, did you? I posted on Facebook the last week. I don't know if you caught the the game where they lost uh, to Toronto. He walks in. I think it was Ken Campbell from the Hockey News. I'm not sure. I saw that. Of course it was Ken yeah. Campbell. Yeah. Of course. He's like, yeah, what's it like to go back to Ottawa? And he just walks out. It's like, hello means goodbye. I mean, I mean, in yeah, a way, you what? knew that question was coming. Right. But well, why would you ask the first question? Yeah. Talk about the game for a minute. Ken Campbell's yeah. an idiot. Sorry. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's just me. I mean, you know, I, I love the hockey news. I'm sure you like it too. That's like our hockey bible. In a way, I think. It, I wouldn't say in a way. I'll just go out and say it. The hockey news are in bed with the Leafs. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I mean, can can That's a tool question. That's yeah, dude. Talk about the game first, right? Hey. Yeah. What's your thoughts on 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 the game against the Leafs? You know, you know, what do you think you need to do different? And so, you know, ask you a few questions about the game. Say, hey, Eric, you know, you you got a game coming up. You know, back in Ottawa. You know, you know, what's your thoughts on going back to Ottawa? You know, make it like six, seven questions in. Don't let it be the first question. Yeah. No. How, how much of an ass do you have to be, man? Come on. That was a dingus move. Class. I mean. It was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was a star in Ottawa. He was the face of the franchise. I mean, sure. I mean, they were one, they were, they were almost going to make the Stanley Cup finals a couple of years ago. But a lot of the bad last year it outweighed the good, which what he did through, you know, for his 10 years in Ottawa. Uh, you know, so, I mean, some of the, the crap that he went through, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't wish on anybody, I mean, especially being called out by the team owner in front of everybody in the room. I mean, you know, I, in a way I wouldn't have blamed him for, for checking out, uh, you know, so yeah, that, 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 that was, that was, that was uh Bush league. Yeah, exactly. Bush, Bush league. Exactly. Um, I got some stats for you. I know okay. You stats. I love that. I know you do. That's why I said, I got some stats for you. <laughs> Um, let's start. Mm, let's start. Start here. Blake Wheeler became the first U.S. born player in NHL history and first skater in Jets Thrasher franchise history to record 30 assists in 26 team games or fewer. I like that. The the Jets became the third team this season to overcome a three-goal deficit, three-goal third-period deficit to win the game. Uh, okay. The Ducks and Jets have now been seven with wins by the Ducks and Jets yesterday. There have now been seven instances in 2018 and 2019 season of a team winning a game which they trailed by three or more goals at any point in the game. Wow. The Avalanche extended their point streak to 11 games, 9-0-2, and their longest such run since a 12-game stretch 
in 06 and 07. Hmm. Most points through 27 games in uh, Avalanche Nordiques franchise history. Marion Stastny with 51. Peter Stastny, 47. Miko Ratnan, 45. Wow. Um, oh, I have this, and I'll play this as well. Hold on. Let me find it. Oh, here it is. Fire followed near boards. Held back by Martin up there, and they get to the loose puck. It's Walmart! Quick out of his crease! Can Carolina take advantage? No! Jonathan Quick had to readjust twice on this play at least. First save, pad. Second one, hold, push, hold, push. And then he gets it with a back leg. If I'm not mistaken there, normally he would slide. Like a tennis match, falling back and forth. Patience from Walmart. And my gosh, that's the athleticism of Jonathan Quick. You think of this? I'm surprised Quick did not break a hip and is on IR after making that save yesterday. He made 34 saves, recorded his 50th career, shut out the most among U.S. boring goaltenders in NHL history. Yeah, that. Yeah, I thought for sure that he was going to go. He was going to go back on IR after that. I mean, that was a, that was a really good save. I know I would have went on IR. I'm yeah. surprised I'm not on. <laughs> IR from last night. I played ice hockey for the first time in 10 years. Had a bit wow. 10 years. Maybe longer. I'm hurting. So, yeah. I'm surprised I'm not on IR tonight. I should be. <laughs> but hey, I'll, hey, I'll suck hey, it you're up. The, you're, the face, you're the face of our NHL podcast franchise, so. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> what a terrible face to have. Um <laughs> Better than mine. Uh, most, yeah, <laughs> that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> better than John Ames, though. <laughs> I love him when Ames ain't here. We can rag on him. He needs to get yeah. here soon. I'll have to reach out to him, see if he's we have to do alive it. still. You know, yeah, you know we had the, the William Nylander watch. We need a John Ames watch. We do need a John Ames watch. That's great. Will he sign before the first of the year? Um, no. We could probably say the same thing for Allen, too. Um, yeah. Most shutouts by Russian-born goaltenders in NHL history. Varmalov has 24. Um, Ilya Brzgalov, 34. Varlamov, I mean, Varlamov, 24. Brzgalov, 34. Nikolai Hobbyboon, 46, and Evgeny Nabokov, 59. Wow. And he was a hell of a the goalie. Yeah. Bob also has 24 shutouts as well. Hmm. Goals in the NHL since November 1st. Is that right? November 1st? Wow. Who do you think leads the NHL? And goals since November 1st. I'm going to go off just my first instinct. I was going to say Patrick Laine. Would be right. Yeah, okay. I think the five-goal performance against Lewis did it. He scored 18 of his 21 goals in November. He had three goals in October. Right. That's, that's That's, dude's a freak. 
You know what? I, I think it was him going back home and playing those two games. Yeah, back back in his homeland. Yeah, and now he's been on fire. Uh, who, who do you think is next? Hmm. Let's see. I would say... Hmm. Player on a new team this year. Team that hmm. was red hot. Jeff Skinner. Correct. 14 goals. And then he just got his 13th goal today uh, since November 1st. Yeah, that was a good pickup by Buffalo. I mean, that, that team is just surging. I mean, they're they're going on all cylinders right now. The next guy just got his 13th goal since November 1st tonight. The only game I've talked about. Uh, Braden Point. Correct. He's got 13 goals since November 1st, and then Pavelski has 12 goals since November 1st. So, uh, you know, Braden Point, I mean, God, he's got to be like one of the most underrated players in the NHL right now. Yeah. I mean, look, look who he's playing with. I mean, he's, he's got Stankos, Kucherov, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're playing alongside those guys and your second line. I mean, that's, it's pretty good. He's probably one of the more underappreciated players in the league. I mean, we talked about the Crosbys, the Malkins, the Marshans. Uh, I mean, we, you know, I, I wouldn't be ashamed to, to say Braden Point, you know, being mentioned as, you know, one of the best players and one of the more underappreciated um, I I forgot to mention the Avalanche and the Wings game. Tyler Bertuzzi has been suspended for two games for the incident on the bench um, with Colorado's Matt Calvert. Um, Green hit Calvert, and it looked like Calvert kind of took a swipe in the bench, which I can't believe Calvert yeah. didn't get suspended. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I. I think they were just looking at Bertuzzi, you know, being on the bench. I mean, for sure. I mean, honestly, I was thinking, I was thinking ten games. So Bertuzzi got off lightly. Bertuzzi did give him a little uppercut there. Yeah, yeah a nice little jab. Um, we could, we could yeah. say that Bertuzzi's one. You know, we could say he's one of our own. I mean, wouldn't any any team in the NHL would love to have a Tyler Bertuzzi? Oh, yeah. Um, so I forgot to mention that he was suspended for that. Um, staying with Tampa Bay, uh, Nikita Kucherov extended his point streaks to 10 games, one shy of matching his career high set from October 6th to October 26th, 2017. Stam coasted the Tampa Bay Lightning record with an 18-game run back in 09 and 10. Kucherov up to 10 as of tonight. Yeah, he's, he's having a nice, uh, another nice season there. He's picking up where he left off. He's got he's got 27 assists in as many games, and he's got 11 goals and for, for 38 points. So, you know, he's having a, himself a nice, nice another season. So we took a look at the Eastern Conference. Let's head on over to the Western Conference now. 
With Nashville leading um, the Central, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They had a 5-2 win against Chicago um, last on December 1st. Um, they lost Philippe Forsberg four to six weeks. So add another guy. Um, Subin, Arverson, now Forsberg out for Nashville. Yeah, well, well, they're in a first-place tie with Colorado. I mean, yeah, yeah the ads are surging. But I, th- I think Nashville's got the depth. You know, they got one of the more deeper uh, teams in the league. So, that you know, it wouldn't be much part of a stretch for somebody uh, stepping up. The Colorado Avalanche, red hot, 8-0-2 in their last 10 you know, we've talked a lot about them on the show. Um, right now, they are just on fire. <clears throat> I, I don't know what else you can say about them. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Rant, uh, Rantanen and uh, oh, McKinnon just just leading the charge for them, and you got a nice supporting cast. Uh, you got uh, Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, Look here. Uh, you know, for, like I was mentioning earlier, Varlamov's having a, another nice season in between the pipes for the Avs. Uh, look here, what they got. You know what? Just, we talked about this prior to the season, just right before the season started. We talked about Colorado and how we thought, hey, they have a great first line, but after that, the depth I don't think is there with this team, and I still don't think it's there. They're getting contributions here and there. Uh, Carl, uh, other than McKinnon, Lanislaw, and Rettinen, who have 10 or more goals, Carl Soderberg has, or Soderberg has eight, eight goals. He is next, and then JT Comfort with six. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin Wilson has seven. It's a decent second line, but still, I don't think this team has depth. Yeah, they're not they're not Nashville death. I mean, it's respectable, but it's not. You know, I mean, after Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, uh, who do, who who are you going to rely on? You know, to for you know for a big game. I mean, maybe I don't know Sam Gerrard or Colin Wilson or Alex Kerfoot. I mean, that's you know, it's not it's not that type like. You know the Nashvilles, the Winnipegs, and that's that's what's going to separate them from from those elite teams. Yeah, and I, I think in the long run, the lack of depth is going to end up hurting the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and uh, I do like Varlamov's stat. He's got a nine thirty save percentage. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's keeping them in the games. Mm-hmm. Max is the Winnipeg Jets at six three and one in, uh, in their last ten games. Winnipeg uh, had a four three win over the Rangers on December second. Dallas fourth five four and one in their last ten. Uh, two to one win over Vancouver, and then Minnesota, Chicago, and St. Louis. Chicago made uh, a pretty big trade. They ended up getting giving up Nick Schmaltz for Brendan Pellini, who I believe was put on waivers and claimed. 
And then uh, they get, I think, is who they hope they can get going here with the Blackhawks, get his career going, Dylan Strom. 55 seconds to go on the power play. Back they come quickly into the zone. Strom scores! Strom with a goal last night, but they end up losing to uh, Calgary 3-2. to two. And look, I, I kind of see where this team is going. They're going youth, right? They, they're they trying to get a mix of... I, talk, I, I talked about this to my chiropractor. It's funny because he's a big Blackhawks guy, right? And we talked about this team... Well, maybe I was wrong. Perlini is, Perlini is on the team still. I thought I saw he was put on waivers. Maybe I was seeing stuff. But anyway, you know, I, I see where this team is trying to do. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to move towards, you know, getting rid of players that are going to cost money. Um, and the, and they're just trying to get more youth and. You know, when when you have big money tied up in Kane and Taze, um, Crawford, Seabrook, Keith, uh, it kind of handcuffs you of what you can do with your team. You know, hence, oh, yeah. hence Panarin getting traded, hence Hartman getting traded, um, Schmoltz getting traded. You know, these are guys that long term, hey, we're not going to be able to sign because we're not going to have the money for it. Yeah. And and I look and I look at where you know where the trade needed to be made. I mean, I I think Arizona got the better end of the deal right now, getting Nick Schmaltz. But for Chicago, I mean, if, I mean, we've seen guys like we've seen those two play in the OHL before. Dylan Strom with Erie and Perlini, he was with Niagara. I mean, those two have a boatload of potential. If they re, if they reach that potential, if they're right next to it. In the long term, it's going to help the Blackhawks. Well, what the Blackhawks are hoping is that uh, DeBrincat and Strom can recreate their chemistry from their days in Erie. Yeah, we got to see them play back. Yeah, it was uh, with with uh, Connor McDavid. That was that was a yeah. hell of a team. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were right behind um, so, the ice, uh, so. Yeah. It was, it was a, a quiet game. They, I think they only ended up winning like two to one against Plymouth. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was like two one or two nothing, something like that. It was a pretty close game, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we got to see some of that talent there, especially with McDavid and Strom, DeBrinket, DeBrinket. Uh, I think he's gonna be a fine NHLer. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll be a nice. Nice forward in the NHL. Uh, St. Louis, like I said, continues to struggle. They they're last. Um, I don't know. They've already fired a coach. I don't, I don't know what else they can do. Make a trade, maybe. I I don't know. I think this team is man. It's not the St. Louis of old, huh? Yeah. I mean, does Joe Quinville go back to St. Louis after the season when he's not doing shots with Bears fans? I, I, you know, that's what I said. 
Um, and if the Brewery Bay ex- experience don't work out, then, yeah, I think you're going to see, I don't know, who knows? Maybe Quinnville does take over in St. Louis. Maybe he wants to stick it to his old team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now they would be they would be neck and neck with uh, Los Angeles for Jack Hughes. Can you imagine if St. Louis could add Jack Hughes? Or even L.A.? Yeah. Um, You're getting yourself generational talent. Yeah. We move on over to the Pacific Division where we have the Calgary Flames leading the Pacific with 34 points, a point ahead of Anaheim. Uh, Both teams playing okay in their last 10. Calgary 6-3-1, Anaheim 6-2-2 in their last 10. I just still can't Both believe teams. that comeback against Washington. Oh, I know. Both teams getting oh. wins last night, big wins too. Uh, Calgary and Anaheim getting wins. Uh, Anaheim's won their last four. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It was a crazy stat. Just the first team ever in, in the history to be down four goals against the failing Stanley Cup champions and come back to win. Um. Ryan Miller registered his 374th career victory to tie the one and only John Van Beesbrook for the most wins among U.S. goaltenders last night. Yeah, it's it's something to say that that Ryan Miller's still in the NHL, but yeah, he's he's you know pretty do, doing pretty good, you know, playing behind John Gibson. You know, and I I like it. I I like the combination of Miller and Gibson. That's a, I mean, you know, we, you know, how you and I have talked about, you know, the best one-two goalie tandems in the NHL. I know we said Rene and uh, Saros, but I tell you what, I think that's an underappreciated, underappreciated combo of uh, Miller and Gibson. I mean, you got your Team USA goalies of the past and the present. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. See, that's why I have you on the show. And thought I was being just for my pop culture references. Uh, well, that too, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What else we have? We have the uh, the Sharks at four four and two in their last ten. They had a three one win last night over Montreal. Vegas trying to get back into the Pacific battle here. They are two points behind San Jose. They had a two one loss against Edmonton last night. Uh, Vegas playing better. Uh, Pecoretti starting to look better. Um, and then you have the Edmonton Oilers, who, guess guess what? They've won their last three in a row under Ken Hitchcock. And I tell you what, their goals against is trimming down. I mean, with, with his defense first mentality, I mean, if you're going to play for Ken Hitchcock, you're, you're, you are going to play defense or you're not playing. So they got – got their attention all right and it's starting off with a three-game winning streak uh, and I, I mentioned it on social media last week uh, Nico Koskinen that's the goalie to get on your fantasy team I mean he's playing for a Ken Hitchcock friendly system that's going to benefit the, the goalies and he's, he's still he's still available if you, if you need goalie help he's he's available um, 
you talk about defense. You know, if you play for Ken Hitchcock, you're going to play defense. And look how they won last night. They won two to one. You know, they, it was a two to one game that they won, defensive game. Um, and that, I think that's how they're going to win these games this year. Close, low scoring. Um, Connor McDavid playing 25 minutes a game. Um, if you look, they've won two to one, three to two, one to nothing in their last three games. Yeah, that's how it's going to look like. I know we saw we saw games where it was like four to one, five three. Right. So yep. I'm not going to be seeing those that many uh, scores uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, and then you have the Arizona Coyotes. They've won their last three. They're five, four, and one. I and then you have your bottom feeders. You have Vancouver, who have dropped like the Titanic. They're one, eight, and one in their last ten, and LA five and five in their last ten. Yeah, and LA had that shutout. Uh, yesterday against the the Hurricanes, uh, and they're back at it tomorrow against Arizona. Uh, so they, they they were the way they thought they were. <laughs> you know what? I think I have that. Mm. Yep. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> I love it. Scott Darling Scott Darling sent down to the minors for the Hurricanes. Uh so you have uh McAhenney and Marzik as your goaltenders in Carolina now. Oh Marazic's still on the roster. Yes, he's still alive. Oh. Yeah. You know, I wanted to share something with you. I was going to talk to you about it on, you know, before, you know, before the show. Um, over the last ten years, we've seen players with exceptional player status. I mean, we've seen guys like John Tavares. He was the first one to be granted that that kind of status, playing uh, within the the central or the Canadian Hockey League as a fifteen-year-old. And we've also seen Connor McDavid, guys like Sean Day. Uh, Joe Valeno, who's got, about to be one of our own pretty soon. He was the first player in the Quebec Major Junior League. Too. Sean Day's been he, a bust. Oh yeah, I think that's I think that's the only guy who, out of all the exemplary players, who's really hasn't amounted to anything in the NHL. Valeno, I think, is still a question mark. You know, I mean, yeah, he's he's in junior, but you know, I think he's got the potential to be. Yeah, a lot, a lots of upside. Uh, there is a a kid he made, he was he was a uh article on him in the sporting news not too long ago uh was 14 years old uh he turned in his his application to be you know granted exemplary status uh you know December 1st was the deadline they're going to make the they're going to give a ruling hockey canada will be in early march uh, this kid's name is Matthew Savoy. Uh, he's playing for the Northern Alberta Extreme Prep in the Canadian S- 
uh, sports school hockey league over in Alberta. Uh, he is right now, uh, scouts are drooling over this kid. Uh, he has been drawn comparisons to Connor McDavid and, and Nathan McKinnon. And if you ever, if you go on YouTube, just look, look him up and there's, there's clips of him. He's dominating a game where he scores three goals and two assists. He's putting NHL 94 numbers up in the CSHL. He's got 23 goals and 27 assists and 50 for 50 points in just 21 games. Uh, and, and like I was saying that, that in March hockey Canada and hockey Alberta is going to make the decision if, if, if he will be eligible for the draft, uh, the WHL draft, uh, no way he can make it in the NHL as a 14 year old. But, uh, I think that's a player that, you know, like we saw McDavid when he was in junior, uh, we remember watching Crosby when he was playing for Ramuski in the Quebec league and he was in the Memorial cup. I think this is a kid. I think he's going to be along those lines where he's going to be, he's going to be, talked about a lot uh, up until the 2022 NHL draft. You, if you can take, find a video clip and then post it on our, uh, our Facebook page. Okay. Yep. We'll do that. Yeah. He, he will be 15 on January 1st. Yeah. I don't see why they want to give him exemption. I mean, if, you know, if he's as good as, you know, scouts think he's going to be, and you think he's going to be. There's yeah. no reason for him not to have the uh, exemption. Yeah, so if the wings are going to be near the bottom of the NHL standings by then, so I, I think that would be – I think we would be on Savoy watch. I like it. Um, the news gets worse for the Blues. Blues have placed defensemen Carl Gunnarsson, Alex Petrangelo, and forward Robbie Fabry on IR. Um, Petrangelo and Fabry will be (coughs) reevaluated around when they come back from from Christmas. Gunnarsson, along with Steen and Shorts, are all listed day-to-day. So it's like a dumpster fire there in um, St. Louis. And another reason why I like having you on the show, Alex, is because your roots in junior hockey. You can always go and find and pick and see some of the some of that junior, and then pass it along on the show. Oh yeah, I mean that's. I mean you just look at it this way. I know I I know one of the first times I came on the show. It's it's like how I look at junior hockey is like imagine Peyton Manning playing for the University of Tennessee or Tom Brady at University of Michigan, which I've done a couple of times. And, you know, just, just think of what kind of potential, what, what services are going to scratch in the pros. I like it. Uh, speaking of young guys, the Islanders signed defenseman Bodie Wild to a three-year entry-level contract. He was the Islanders' second-round pick in this past uh, NHL draft. Yeah, you know that's one person that I forgot to we forgot to ask Russ Cohen about. I mean, you know, you know the Wings and the Islanders they 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 aced it at the draft. 
and when we talked about the Islanders' first two picks, I mean, Bodie Wild was was supposed to be in a top, you know, mid first round pick. He ended up going. I mean, that's really good. You're going mid first round, but you're you're going in the second round for mid first round value. I mean, that 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 was a good signing. Well, what was it? Was it? It wasn't. I think it was last winter that they had um, a tournament here, and Russ Cohen was here. And uh, he was high on Bodie Wild. I talked to him then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know they. I know the local news did interviews with them, and he was projected to be somewhere between twelve and twenty in the draft. So, I mean, that's yeah. a really good value. I mean, well, there was a lot of defense, and they ended up falling into the draft. Yeah. The Blues are just such a mess. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see what other news here. Oh, that's who they claim. Kings claim forward Brandon Lepisic off of waivers from the Canucks. That's what I thought. I thought I saw Prelini, but no, I was wrong. Um. Let's see what other news. I don't know. I think that's about it, bud. Yeah, I mean, I look at what the Blues did. I know, I know, we said they're dumpster fire. They they brought up uh, some some of the kids from San Antonio. They got Jordan Cairo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a stud in Sarnia. They got J- Jordan Nolan and Chris Butler. So, you know, got got to play them. I mean, five five your star players are hurt. So, got to play the kids. Yeah, especially when half your team is injured. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I don't think there's anything else. Oh, Michael Grabner. Um, he's out. Man, he took a stick to the eye. Holy smokes, you should see his eye. Oh, oh I saw that earlier today. That. Yeah, I saw that before before eating dinner, so that, that was, wasn't a good idea. Yeah, it, it's not pretty. Uh, more injury news. Kings, I forgot I forgot all about this. This is funny because I was going to bring this up on the show. Should the Kings trade Kovalchuk? He played, what, less than 10 minutes in two games? Well, he'll miss the next four weeks following an ankle ankle bruise procedure, bru- brucectomy <clears throat> procedure. Um, maybe that's why he's only played 10 minutes in two games. Yeah, that that hasn't gone well for him so far. Oh, and the voting for the 2019 Honda NHL All-Star Game began on Saturday. So if you got your favorite Woo-hoo! players, uh, vote them up. Um, Predators forward Ellie Tolivan, uh scored his first NHL goal yesterday. Or, I'm sorry, not yesterday, Saturday. Saturday. Welcome to the NHL. He is the 18th player from the 2017 NHL draft to score their first career goal. Trying to see if there's any other news. I don't think so. No. I keep saying I don't think so, and then I find something. Oh, I do want to add this. For the all-star balloting, there's one Red Wing so far on the ballot. It's uh, Dylan Markin for the Atlanta. I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
Not shocked. So. I tell you what, the last few years they've done this NHL format. I, it, it makes me more interested to watch a All Star game again. It it's neat. Um, I just think in like five, six years it's going to lose its luster and people will get bored with it again. Just people get bored with the the NHL All Star game quickly. My yeah, opinion. they've had they've had a lot of gimmicks over the last few years. I mean. I, I remember just watching, you know, it was the Wales versus the Campbell Conference. That's when I really loved the All-Star game. Right. And you got then I think they wanted to change it up a bit. I think it was, you know, Batman's brainchild to have uh, North America against the world. I mean, it was okay after a couple of years, but it just just kind of kind of went south quickly. So then we went to the east to the west, and now you got the not this format. So. So it should be good. Well, It'll friend, be one of the landmark shows on NHL or on NBC. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting. It, it, it's better. It's better than what it has been. So. Well, my friend, I know you had a long day today. I'm exhausted. So we're going to wrap the show up a half hour early. Um, Maybe we can get another one in later towards the week, maybe Thursday. Yeah, hopefully, I'll, I'll fill you in. Okay. If like not, we'll try hockey. again next week. Of yeah. course. So. And we are on Ames and Zlotarski watch. We are. Yep, Ames and Zlotarski watch here. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they come back. Who knows? So the deadline's what? December 31st or January 1st? Um, you know what? It's college football um, bowl games then. I'm going to say it's going to be after January 1st. Yeah. Because he'll be reporting on bowl games throughout the whatever bowl games is in Florida he'll probably be at. So. Yeah. And, John, hopefully within well, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. wonder if uh, Alan will be covering the Peach Bowl. Where is the Peach Bowl at? Uh, oh. yeah, it's going to be somewhere in Florida. They're playing the Gators. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen that one yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. When we saw the, the, the game against Ohio State, they just – this crap a bit. I mean, I was there's so many different emotions going through my head yeah. right after that loss. I mean, it was disgusting. So, all right, Chief, we are out of here. Enjoy the rest of the week of hockey, and we'll be back next week. Brian Yates, Alex Musket here. Thanks to you.